0: Hey everybody, I'm Nick Galfus. I play Dr. Halstead in Chicago Med, and you are listening to Meet Us at Molly's He's
1: standing next to you your family. And to me, there's nothing more important. Not gonna be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride.
0: Hey, ShyHards! Welcome to episode 216 of Meet Us at Molly's. It is the first week of a two-week hiatus, three-week hiatus, two, right? Two. Two. I can't math. I mean, whatever. Two. Yeah. Uh, first week of a two-week hiatus. Not that bad. Today, we are covering Chicago Fire Season 3, Episode 23, Spartacus. This is the Season 3 finale, where a yeah. lot of stuff happened. I forgot about a lot of stuff being in this episode. <laughs>
1: I forgot about, like, all of this.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I
1: remembered, like, obviously that, like, Scott Rice was a thing. And then, like, that obviously Katia and, like, that that finale ended with her death. Like, I remember that. But, mm-hmm. like, all the little stuff about, like, Truck versus Squad and yada, 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 all that stuff. I was like, I don't remember any of this. Exactly. Exactly. So we always start
0: with news. We've actually got news this time. And quite a little bit of it, too. Yeah, yeah. So... We have episode descriptions for episodes 17. These are the episodes that will air when they return on April 6th. So, Chicago Med 717 is called If You Love Someone, Set Them Free. Okay. Rival gangs bring their war to med. Will and Charles work with a teenage brain cancer patient who's refusing treatment. Tensions run high in the OR when a patient's transplanted uterus fails. Forcing Crockett and Blake to decide whether to try another transplant using a uterus from the patient's sister.
1: Wow. Okay. Two things. Mm-hmm. One, the first thing that my mind went to was you gave us that cliffhanger at the end of episode 16, and and um Hannah is not even mentioned at all in this episode description.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I thought well, that was interesting.
0: I think the word uterus is like a dead giveaway.
1: I don't think that, I don't know if that has anything to do with it, Hannah. They'll find a way to loop her in. I'm sure, but like, I just think that's interesting that, like, I mean, I get it. They don't write the episode descriptions, but still. Mm -hmm. Also, just lol, the fact that like the ED is going to become part of a rival gang war. Just so mad, so on brand for med. Are we trying to see like which show handles a gang war the best? Like, I guess. I'm sure you think that has something to do with Dylan. Melina? That's a good question. I didn't even think of that. Very well could. Emelina? Maybe. I mean, it I might not, know. but that, you know.
0: That's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. I'm intrigued. I'm like, ooh, that, that's actually
1: a good point. Yeah. I don't know. But All right. Next up, we've got Fire 1017, which is called Keep You Safe. Uh, it says Severide and Kid work with the C- work with CPD regarding a suspicious car wreck. Hawkins and Violet's relationship is in jeopardy, and Chloe and Cruz adjust to a new family dynamic. Listen, if
0: Hakami is in jeopardy, like all that had better mean is that they're like, hey, let's play this version of online Jeopardy. Leave their
1: relationship alone. They are the one good thing we have this year. I don't know I'm sticking with my theory that like and I think this is just to protect my heart from getting hurt even more so I'm like sticking with this theory that I'm fully convinced they're breaking up but then they're getting back together by the finale like that's like the finale part for them is that like they're gonna be broken up and but not for like everyone else's sake but because they've decided that it'd be better for each other because they care too much you know like all that stuff. Oh, man.
0: That's where the whole episode title is going to come in, isn't it? It's going to be Hawkins being like, this will keep you safe.
1: Yeah. No. But I'm convinced that they're they're breaking up now only to get back together by the finale. Because if they break up in 17, the finale is in 22. That's enough time apart. Like, that's way too much time apart in my opinion. But it's very optimistic of you. Like I said, I'm doing it to, like, keep my, you know apart from being broken.
0: Yeah. Uh, the Severide and kids stuff, I think this was when Tracy had been spotted on the fire set or something. So I think Tracy- Tracy was up...
1: spotted on the fire set? Shows how much I-
0: <laughs> Well, no, not even that. I don't know if she was ever officially spotted. It's just on her Insta a couple of weeks ago, she was making Spanakopita because she's Greek, obviously. Yes. And uh, Miranda was like, dude, when are you bringing some? And so I think everybody's just kind of assuming off of this that is going to help them work the case, which- I'm here to see an Upton Stella dynamic. Those two could like take the world by storm.
1: Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, also, just here for all the Chloe and Cruz, Like, just give it to me. Give it all. I love to them me. and their sweet little family so yeah. much. My heart.
0: Yeah. My heart. And PD 917 is called Adrift. Ruzik's search for the daughter of an old family friend leads the team into a serious drug investigation. Burgess and Ruzik struggle to move on from the emotional aftermath of Michaela's
1: abduction. All right. Okay. I know this probably isn't going to be a good Burzik episode, but it sounds like it's going to be a really good Ruzik episode. Mm -hmm. And Patty is probably going to kill it as always. So I'm very excited. Same. Same. Yep.
0: Yeah. So elsewhere, we had an interesting deadline article that dropped this week. This was kind of like, out of the norm of what we usually get for them or it was like a weird time to be announcing this news yeah okay so deadline dropped an article somewhere in the middle of this week where they said okay steven weber is returning as a series regular for season eight okay like we don't usually get that news until
1: towards the end yeah or even over the summer okay okay yeah, but I thought it was interesting. So they say, and this is what I always remembered from last summer, was that obviously he rejoin- he joined the show last year as, like, recurring and then was up to series regular for season seven, like, over the summer. But they've never listed him as series regular, like, in the, when they credit people in the beginning of the shows. He's always, like, special guest, like, special guest, like, you know, one of those, like, special guest star titles or something mm-hmm. like that. So, like, okay, like, I don't know. I guess I don't understand why he's listed like that when he's a series regular, but I you know, I'm sure it's in his contract that to be listed whatever way, you know. But Yeah, know. interesting. That's a good catch. Um, but also yeah. like I guess I just assumed he was coming back like uh, I I mean, unfortunately because nobody really likes Archer, but like okay. Cool. I guess. Yeah,
0: we're getting into that period of the year that's like that really dreaded time period where like you just kind of brace for impact at any moment of a deadline article being like so and so is leaving and yeah I I'm not I'm this doesn't really raise any questions for me though the real questions I have in terms of who's coming back who's not is Brian I think there's a real chance that Brian could be leaving after this season he hasn't been in this season
1: Yeah. I'll be curious to see. So it'll be not obviously April 6th episode, but he'll be back the week after Mm -hmm. because that's episode 18. I'll be curious to see what, you know, Choi's storyline is for the last couple of episodes. The other one that I'm worried about is Kristen. Yeah. Because obviously, okay, we know she's pregnant. I'm sure that is why she's not on the show currently. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Whatever. But like, we got a lot of people on the show now. Like, does Hannah coming back full-time mean that Stevie's gone? Like, I just don't know what's going on. I mean. Yeah, a lot know. of questions. So, yeah, those would definitely be the two I'm most worried about. Um, yeah. At least we don't have to worry about another renewal for another year. That is true. That is
0: true. we still this- got one more year of the yeah. three left. One, yeah, one more year. Okay. Well, yeah. No, we don't have to worry about a renewal. That's nice. Yeah. Hmm. so elsewhere in news one of our listeners Haley she does the Lord's work she where she works they get they still get like the physical copy of TV guide Guide. yeah Yeah. and uh she always sends us pictures of like whatever one Chicago scoop is in there and there is a Chicago PD scoop for 917 and a little bit of 918 so hmm. so it's basically Marina and Patty talking about where things stand for the Burzix and Marina just kind of calls them wounded sol- wounded soldiers, and she's just like, "Yep, they've put on armor. They wanted the same end to rescue the kid before the kidnappers would kill her." Um, but you know, Adam's propensity to break rules got in the way. And she says, "She's like, I don't know if she'll be able to forgive that, or how they build back from where they are, having said things to each other that can't be unsaid." That is spot on how I feel about the situation. Yeah. Uh, and she said they're going to find out the hard way what's best for Michaela. Hmm. Yep. The hard way? I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and then she talks about 917, right? And she just says this mm-hmm. could further jeopardize Adam's presence in the little family's life. Because of the rift, he's going to disappear into work quite literally, which is his MO. He's done that many times before.
1: Yeah, he's going undercover, but we've never actually. I mean, obviously, of course, we've seen Adam go undercover for like brief stints, but never like a deep undercover. He, when he went deep undercover the last time, he was off the show. Yeah. So this will be interesting. Yep. Yep.
0: And Marina admits there's one element of the Kim and Adam storyline that she'll miss in the meantime. And she said, I do like playing happy scenes with Patty. I'm not going to lie, it's sad, but it's a drama. I've got to be prepared for it. Poor thing. Uh, And then there was a soundbite about there being a new cop on the block. So in episode 18, Jay is going to introduce a new recruit named Dante Torres to the squad.
1: Huh. I'm curious, though. Okay, is this going to be like a someone who's actually joining the team full-time is this like uh he's sticking around for the rest of the season and then he's gone or is this even like a last was that last year when Cleveland joined the show and they were like oh yeah he's like a new like series regular and then he was only on for like two episodes and then he was gone
0: oh no this is gonna be a situation where like he comes in for the last five and then somebody's gonna leave and then like he takes over oh this is what an odd number. <laughs> you season. just like said it and then you realized and you're like, oh, fuck. It's an odd number season. Somebody dies in odd number seasons.
1: Okay. But you can't really count the odd number seasons because the last two seasons haven't followed the pattern because the first season we're in nine. So season seven got cut short because of the COVID. And then last year, Kim got kidnapped. You could argue
0: that Tommy Doyle getting killed in 7 keeps the pattern going. It's a weak argument. But 8, no, you're right. Nobody left in 8. Thank God. Does he get
1: killed in the finale? Is that the finale of what ended up being the finale of 7? The seven? finale. Yeah. He gets I think. Killed. Was that that episode? I guess it was. I Jesus. think it was. Jesus. That feels like 20 years ago. Yeah. I'll so, say. yeah, I guess. But, yeah, 8 kind of breaks it because, like, someone gets kidnapped they don't die and they don't leave. But if it's a guy who's leaving,
0: then it's not Marina or Tracy because they're gonna replace a guy with a guy.
1: Wait, I it's a guy that's uh. Like, oh. I'm just i'm 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 thinking worst Also, there's now. technically an open spot. Like, I mean, nobody says it, but like they've had more members in intelligence before, so he could also just join. Nobody has to leave.
0: Mm. I don't know. Saying. I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm prepping for the worst, hoping for the best. This, this recording, this has now gotten me into that headspace. So yay. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. So um, that's about all the news we've got. You guys know the drill though. If you see anything, please send it our way. We're busy. We don't always see everything on the internet, which is probably for the best because the internet's kind of a shit show sometimes, but yeah. yeah. So yeah, just help us out with that. Send it to us. If you see it, we really appreciate it. So, um, no patron shout outs today. That's totally fine though. If you would like to support the pod for as little as $2 a month, please head to the link in our socials, check out our Patreon page. Guys, our Facebook group of like 80, our little Facebook family has now branched off into like a a, a rolling Facebook messenger thread. And it's such a wonderful place. Everybody's just so nice to each other. And like, we talk about anything really shows life, like all sorts of stuff. I've been in it the past couple of days and it's wonderful.
1: Yeah. Also, if you want to join us, we are doing another patron happy hour next week. So now is the time to get in on the patron group if you so choose to. Mm -hmm. Oh, the patron happy hours are fun. Yeah. It's going to be
0: a long night, but a fun night. Yeah. Yeah. We pretty much just all get on Zoom, grab a beverage and talk for like six hours. So uh, without further ado, I guess we shall move into the episode, shall we? Let's do it. Okay. The season three finale. Oh boy. Okay. So anytime we do an old episode, we like to do kind of a where we left off, just so we have like our bearings of where we are in the series. Okay. So Gabby is a firefighter on Truck 81. Um, Cruz is still on Truck this episode changes that but yes going in okay so this is the season where Casey is working at the strip club
1: yes I actually went back today and I watched the episode that like kicks off it actually kicks off both these arcs it kicks off Casey in the strip club and it kicks off the rice arc just to kind of refresh on like how it all went down and like why rice wasn't you know because I forgot like I just forgot about a lot of it
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Rice is on squad. Remember Rice? He's on squad. Chili is on Ambo and yeah, this Mills is, is gone. Yeah. Mills is gone. Chili's on Ambo. This is before Chili has her like fall from grace. So everything's peachy. Um, and, and yeah, it's just, it, it's a very interesting time given where we are now. Yeah. Like I said, lots of stuff I forgot about. Oh yeah. Big time. Big time. Okay. Um, I talked a lot during the news. So, Bretta, you want to kick us off? Sure.
1: Um, we're going to start with Casey and the Strip Club because that's where literally the episode picks off. So basically the episode before this ends and this picks up right where Casey's gone to like meet Jack Nesbitt and like his guys end up taking ch- Casey. Okay. Let me set the stage a little bit more. Casey is working with Voight and Antonio because Voight and Antonio come to him and tell him basically that like they have information that where Jack Nesbitt is doing a um. Well, I cannot think of the name the trafficking, it, oh, the tracking yeah. ring. That's yeah. what that's the word I was looking for. Uh, but yeah, so Casey agrees to help them. They put a wiretap in Casey's phone, and Casey goes to this meeting with Jack Nesbitt. Casey has a moment and he like freaks out and he takes the wiretap out of the phone which it's a good thing he does because when this episode picks up they're searching through his phone and otherwise they would have found the wiretap and Casey would have been made so it kind of works out in Casey's favor that he freaks out about working with Antonio and Voight but I feel like that's kind kind of a careless mistake on Voight and Antonio's part like what yeah and so Basically, so Casey ends up being in the clear, and what, you know, we kind of see, they, like, offer him to do five more clubs, they want him to do them off the books, yada, 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 whatever. Then we cut to Casey getting in the back of the van, like, outside of the strip club with Boynton Antonio, and he's like, oh, yeah, I threw the wire in the toilet, and, like, blah, 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 here's what happened, and they're just like, oh, our bad. I'm like, really? Really? Like, I mean, I get it. Like, this is still kind of in the early days of PD, but like, I thought you guys were smarter than that. <laughs> well, and never mind that. Mouse
0: is the one who set up the listening device. I would trust Mouse with like anything. So, for them to be like, oh, they frisked me and found the listening device, I was like, you guys might want to
1: try harder next time. Yeah. Like, basically, if Casey doesn't freak out about the fact that like he's a little paranoid, then he's made and this goes down a lot differently.
0: I feel like Casey got in that van and essentially just said, Hey, look, I'm better at your job than you are.
1: Yeah. Um, But so of course, like Casey's starting to freak out and Boynton and Junior like, listen, it's a process. Like, it's not going to happen overnight. Like you did good. So like, we didn't get it on tape, but like, you're fine. Like it's it's still going according to plan. So later on during shift, like Casey brings Bowden into like Boynton Antonio's plan, you know, to use him as a UC and, because if you remember correctly, Jack Nesbitt is actually like a former firefighter he was a firefighter for like seven eight years something like that which is how Casey kind of got roped into it in the first place and so he's like listen like Jack he's trying to convince Bowdoin to like give him the shift off and like Jack he's like Jack Nesbitt gives all firefighters a bad name he's like if I can help I want to so Bowdoin's like yeah do what you gotta do like take next shift off whatever they're having this meeting outside of 51. And of course, like, as they're all having this meeting outside of 51, like Jack Nesbit is watching them across the street. And it's just like, you idiots. Like
0: <laughs> this episode is like awesomely bad. Like, it's awesomely bad. Going back through this, I was like, oh, man, that is awkward. Oh, man, that could have been done so much better. Ooh. It's just like
1: one of those things where you're like, you really see how far we've come. Oh, yeah. Like on everything. It's just like, I was just like, really? Like how? I mean, I get it. You don't want everyone else in the firehouse to know what's going on, whatever. But like what to do it outside, I was like, are you guys idiots? I'm just like, yeah. And never mind What are that? we doing here?
0: Jack was not discreet. Like. At all. Like they're talking no. outside and Jack is just like right there. Like you could have like made a meme out of it with him just slowly driving by and like the sound bite of like they see me rolling <laughs> like that. You could have made a meme out of it. It's just like I
1: don't know. I I, I did not remember that happening at all. And so when I watched it and I saw that he was like out there across the street, I was like, really? I did not even think about that either about how stupid that was to meet outside. I, I, I didn't even register with me. It's so stupid. Idiots. Like, like, I'm, like I said, on the one hand, I get it. Like at that point, nobody else really knows what Casey's doing with Boynton Antonio to like bring them down. So like, mm-hmm. I get it. You don't necessarily want the whole firehouse to know. I got it. But Bowden has his own office. Casey is his own quarters. Like there are plenty of other places to meet in the firehouse. Like, how stupid can you be to just meet, meet outside in broad daylight? Like, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I digress. <laughs> um, so later on in the episode, Gabby stops Casey on his way out of shift and he, she's stops him to tell him not to let Severide get to him, which like, we'll get to that later. Oh, That's the whole thing. Um, and she's like, yeah, like, you know, I would listen to Otis over ice any day, blah, 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 blah. So it was like, she stopped, like they're on their way out of shift and she stops like on the way out kind of suddenly and Casey's like, are you okay? So she's like, yeah, 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 I'm fine. It just must be the weather messing with my system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Casey then goes, shows up to meet Jack and he's like playing the whole part that he's supposed to, he's like you know, he's like, I don't want to be a part of whatever shady shit, you know, is going on, whatever. And Jack's like, yeah, nothing's really going on. It's just, that's how the nightclub business in Chicago works. Yada yada yeah. And, like, Jack asks him straight up, he's like, have you ever been approached by, like, ATF or CPD? And he's like, I need to know you're not running your mouth outside these walls. And Casey's like, I'm just running a construction crew. Like, I haven't talked to anyone. And so he, Casey agrees, you know, again. Playing the part, he agrees to like do the five nightclubs for cash or whatever, yada yada yada. And then Katya, because you know, Katya, that's Mm -hmm. a whole thing. Um, she's like, Okay, like Casey, I'll walk you out, but Jack's like, Actually, like I need to talk to you, and so Casey just leaves. And um, the episode, this or this part of the storyline actually kind of wraps up because at the end of the episode, at Molly's like Dawson makes a comment to Otis about like the peck the pickle smell like making her sick and then she's like oh shit she just has like one of those moments so she runs home takes a pregnancy test we don't see the result but i i mean we can all kind of assume based on the next thing we see that it's preg- or that it's positive because the next thing we see she's like at Matt's apartment and like why else would she be at Matt's apartment if not telling that she's pregnant But, of course, she goes into Matt's apartment and, like, she doesn't find Matt, but she does find Katya dead in the kitchen, so... And that's how season three ends. It's like, okay. Man, I hate when I walk to my kitchen and find a dead stripper. Happens all the time. Well, it's not even her kitchen. I hate when I walk into my friend's kitchen and find a dead stripper. (laughs) Oh,
0: my
1: God. Like, okay, but also,
0: I I guess this whole arc is full of characters doing dumb things, right? She just took a pregnancy test and it's positive. And she goes over to Matt's and the door is ajar. Okay. Like they teach us in elementary school that if like the door is ajar,
1: call 911. Don't go the fuck in. Yeah. And she goes in. I mean, it's Gabby Dawson. Like, she's of course gonna go in.
0: But she's pregnant.
1: I know. I know. And like she doesn't even poke her head in. She goes
0: in and further in and further in. Like, never mind, I'm going to grab my phone and, like, maybe call Antonio or something. No, no.
1: Okay, you watch, you would have been watching this finale live, mm-hmm. right? You were watching live back then. I was not. Do you remember, was this, like, a big, like, cliffhanger where you were like, oh, my God, like, what is happening? Like, I mean, of course, Gabby being pregnant is, like, a very big deal. But, like, Katya's dead, Matt's missing, you know. Oh, it was yeah, huge. Like, shocking.
0: Yeah, it was totally shocking. And honestly, Matt missing was so overwhelming that like we would talk about it online and everything and be like, Oh, yeah, Gabby might be pregnant. Oh, it was like an afterthought because we we spent the whole summer being like, Matt's been abducted, he's out there, we don't know where the fuck he is. Like that was kind of crazy. I, I specifically remember because I have a I have a crazy ass memory that holds on to just ridiculous things. So I specifically remember, this is back when Coke was doing the thing with the names on them. I don't know if they're still doing that. I don't pay attention to I this shit, but so. I, I remember them. at like a certain point in the summer, maybe it was like July or something. I don't fucking know. It was like right in the middle of hiatus. And I was like at Target and I found a Coke bottle and it said Casey. And I just remember like tweeting it out and just being like, you guys, <laughs> like, where is he? That's funny. So yeah, we spent the whole summer not knowing where the fuck he was and just being like, okay, like, cool.
1: We don't know where our fictional friend is, but that's cool. All right, carry on. Yeah, because like for me, obviously, like this wasn't a big deal because- I knew like, I went straight into season four, like four was the last one. Well, that was the last season I had to bench so, Like, I just went straight in. I kind of knew what happened, you know, like I knew that obviously everyone was still around and, you know, whatever, it wasn't a big deal to me. Mm-hmm. So like, I was just curious, like, was this like a big deal or was this not as big of a deal compared to other finales? So no, it was definitely a big deal. It was definitely a big deal. Interesting. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um. But yeah, like I so said, that's kind of how this episode ends and that's kind of the, the KCA stuff is like the side plot, which I honestly thought that was the bigger deal in this finale when I remembered, but like it's not. The truck versus squad stuff is like a way bigger deal and I forgot about all of that. I forgot that was even a thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, so we always talk about how like the first half of season four is just the fucking worst, right? Always. Always. I forgot that like they kind of ramped up to it starting with the end of season three because these last couple of episodes of season three, like the conflict between Chuck and Squad was just so needless and it was so forced. And like part of it was, it was so forced that at a certain point it kind of felt like it was poorly acted, which it wasn't.
1: It's just that it felt really unnecessary. Yeah, like I said, I- went back today and I meant to start like watching a little bit more of it. Cause I, like I said, I've kind of wanted to go back and watch the rice stuff. Cause again, I just forgot all of it. Um, but I did watch the first episode and like, I forgot how rice was even introduced. Like why that was a thing. Otis was skeptical of him from the very beginning, which I always forgot about. Like, I just forgot about all of it.
0: Oh yeah. And I remember while it was airing being like, Otis is a seventh grader. Like he's handling this so badly. And now that I'm older, I'm like, no way, man. Otis was in the right.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's just like, like I said, I just forgot about. And like, I forgot about, which we're getting ready to talk about, but like the Dawson and Severide almost dying thing. Like, I forgot about that whole thing. I just, I've blocked this out of my memory, I guess. And it's not even, it's not, well, like you said, it's, I definitely don't think it's their best stuff but I wouldn't even put this in the worst category so like I don't know why I blocked it out of my memory but I guess I blocked it out of my memory yeah yeah it was
0: it was insane so obviously next up is the truck versus squad rice rice debacle whole oh my god were we friends by this point I think we were no
1: no I hadn't even watched the show I know who did I even used to talk about this with? I watched the show the I the when I binge watched the show, it was 2016, which was between four and five. Oh my goodness. Hang on. So a no, we were, a I didn't even life. know you were a person back then. <laughs> I had no idea. You didn't know I was a person. No, I didn't even I mean, like I knew the shows existed, but like I had no intent, you know, like I no, we didn't we were not friends back then.
0: I think You know who I used to talk to about this, who I still do to this day, is my friend Becca. And we would always just, like, yell about, like, the early season stuff. And so this stuff between truck and squad and the Rice debacle and Otis, oh, my God, what a mess. What a mess. Yeah. Okay. So remember, Rice is Sev's high school buddy. His wife died. He's raising his son as a single father. That's where we're at with that. So in the past- yeah.
1: But there's also the important part, and I feel like why, especially because it's not really mentioned in this episode, which, again, I also forgot about. So right after his wife died, he took, like, a leave of absence or was technically suspended, I guess, because he pushed a guy out the window. I forgot about that. I forgot about it, too, until I watched his first episode today. And so that was why Otis was kind of – Otis was skeptical of him. From the beginning because he'd heard the rumors about him pushing the, the rice out the window or rice pushing the guy off the window. and everyone kind of or the reason Bowden didn't really think it was a big deal and Severide didn't think it was a big deal because they were like, oh yeah, but it was a week after his wife died. so like context. And Otis is like, I don't know. And then of course he like ducks in this call and then oh you know that's why. but Otis was skeptical of the, him from the beginning because of the circumstances. So that is a very important part is that Rice supposedly pushed a guy out the window during a call at his old house, but it was like a week after his wife died. So they were just like, okay, go off for a little bit until you're ready. That and... is honestly so much worse than all the crap that Petlam was accused of this season. Right? Well, and at first the rumor was that it was like a third story window. And then actually somebody says like, actually it was just a first story window. And it's like, that doesn't make it any better. <laughs> Um, Nathan Scott went through a first story window and almost never played basketball again. So, right? yeah, but no, that was why he like was not working. And then that's why when he comes back and he's like, I'm ready. It's like a partly because his wife died, but also partly because like, you know, yeah. Shit. I forgot about that.
0: I did too, <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So, and, and the other thing we're coming off of too, is this confrontation we had at Molly's. That was so awkward uh like chili had her whatever bubbly champagne crap whatever that was going on or chill oh her god. whatever <laughs> oh my god, yeah more about that later but uh Otis and Severide had a really weird co- like confrontation it was really uncomfortable like Severide did like when a, I don't even know how to like describe it with words but he like stutter stepped him but not even a stutter step he just like it was weird It was really weird and very out of character given the people we have now.
1: It wasn't just like, even for back then, like the dynamics of what Firehouse 51 always was, it just, it was so out of left field Mm -hmm. because that's not what we were used to even back then.
0: Right, right. So Rice visits Severide in his quarters and reassures him. He's like, I'm not a ducker, which is like such a funny, like, I don't know why that term is funny, but it just is. And so Sephoraide's like, yeah, I got your back, like totally fine. Got your back. So Cruz is leaving for shift and this is single cruise, like, you know. Well, newly single cruise. Oh, yeah, because he had just broken up with Sylvie. Yeah. Well, she broke up with him, but yeah. I wonder what that conversation was like with Chloe when like Sylvie and Joe are just hanging out when they're all hanging out together. And Sylvie's like, Oh yeah, we used to date, but it's no big deal. Like I wonder how that I went don't, down. I
1: wonder if they look back on that relationship as like something that was actually serious, or like if it was one of those relationships where it's like, because obviously they're still friends. They were even roommates after this, so like, was it really that big of a deal? And they're like, "Oh yeah, we dated," but like, it wasn't that big of a deal, or like, you know, yeah, that's a I look back question. on that and I'm like oh yeah like they dated but like eh, in the high in the grand scheme of things like it's really kind of a relationship at the bot you know Mm -hmm. like was I don't think it was I don't consider that to be like a really like serious relationship yeah right even though I think Cruz was kind of serious about her at the time like I just don't think about that as like a super serious relationship
0: Cruz had hard eyes for her so bad yeah yeah Oh man. So Chris is leaving for shift. He checks his mailbox and he has a letter, but we don't know what it says. He's kind of like stone faced by it. So he has this conversation with Otis as they're walking in, which is so like listening to the conversation. I was laughing so hard because this is a conversation you and I would have like verbatim. Yeah. It was so funny. Like they were just like sort of roasting each other. And then Otis is like, yeah, but you're supposed to be like the dense one. And Cruz is like dense, like really? This is such a conversation we would have. So that was cute. And so, uh, as they walk in, Otis gives Rice a look and he walks in, but doesn't really say anything. So then, in the bathroom, Casey approaches Severide and asks him what he's going to do about Rice. Oh, it's was... totally where you approach people about oh yeah issues is in totally. the bathroom. Totally, and so Seth pushes back on the idea that Rice was ducking. Like, and I look back on this, and I'm just like, this conflict is just so. St- stupid but also i i see it in this point like the the one part of this that is in character for both of them is that they're both they both have their guys backs right yeah Severide is like i've got rice's back no matter what happens like how dare you back the fuck up and casey is like oh no like you are not coming at otis like that
1: yeah that's the one
0: part of this that works and is in character
1: for sure. It's just, again, it's one of those things that we look back now because this was seven years ago, which is crazy to think about that it was mm-hmm. seven years ago. But like, even just seeing now the evolution of where Casey and Severide's friendship has become, like, I don't think even if this same storyline happened like this season or, or like last season, I don't think they handle it the same way. I think their friendship has matured and evolved and grown. And I think they've just obviously matured. Like, I don't think, I think they still have an argument and like they still have their guys backs, but I don't think it comes down to like a shouting match on the apparatus floor like it does, which we'll get to.
0: Right, right. So Casey finally like does the friend thing and lays it out for him. He's like, you want to believe him? Like that's fine. But 51 is not 51 right now. And it's because of him. That is a fact. So they get called to this gas leak and this call is like it's so stupid I, oh it's so stupid I can't even think of another phrase to describe it out, uh, out of the, like this is so not Chicago fire and it is so out of character for everyone everyone so yeah. go ahead go, go ahead. ahead
1: no finish your thought finish the thing no we'll I was going into the
0: play-by-play play. finish your thought
1: no, I was just going to finish your thought. Do the play by play and then we'll go. <laughs> okay. So 51 gets called to
0: this house. There's a gas leak. And the woman who lives there at first are like, she's out of town, whatever, we're good. Well, it turns out, no, she's not out of town. She's there. So they stick the little like gas probe things in and the gas levels are like super high. Like this house is going to explode at any moment, any moment. So Squad is at the back of the house. Truck is at the front. And Squad is like, hey, let's go get her. And Severide's like, I like being reckless. Fuck yeah, let's do it. So Severide gets on the radio and was like, Casey, we're going in. And Casey's like, wait, wait, please don't. That's a bad idea. And Severide is just kind of like, can't
1: hear you. What? Too bad we're here. Oh, It's so stupid and it's one of those things again now with like time and we can look back on it that like I think if Severide saw somebody doing that now or like look back at like tape of him doing this he'd be like that's so stupid I would never let anyone he was like he would be so mad at someone who did that but he did that and it's like dude you're in charge here rice is not in charge like rice can do rice want can want to do whatever the fuck he wants to do but like Severide was the one in charge and Severide should have known better than to go in because not only did he put his and rice's lives on the line because then otis had to go in because casey had to be like okay well somebody's got to go in and turn the fucking gas off or try to at least he's mm-hmm. so stupid
0: oh otis was a cat wasn't he he had nine lives he really did though he really did Oh, hmm. hmm. I know. <laughs> I know. He had nine lives. So, yeah. So Casey sends Otis in, like scrambling, because they've got to get the gas off because Severide and Rice did not listen. And Otis goes in, and Bowden shows up, and Bowden's like, like if this were cable, this would be one of those moments where Bowden shows up and goes, "What the fuck?" Like yeah. the fuck. So they get the woman out. And like, again, it just shows how far we've come. Cause like, even the editing in this moment is so bad. Like, um, I don't even know who carries the woman out, but it is clearly a dummy. Clearly. I think it's supposed to be severed. Very clearly a dummy. And then it goes from like that moment to just like all of them plopping on the ground. Yeah. (laughs) Oh God. It's so bad. Um. and then instead of being like, hey, the old lady's okay, good job, they just get into an even bigger fight. Yeah. Even bigger fight. And then when, like, they're still yelling at each other at the call, uh, Casey's like, well, Otis had to go in. And Severide makes the point of, like, Otis is the elevator guy.
1: That hurts right that hurt I was like dude this isn't season one he's not just the elevator guy he is Otis you lived with him he was your roommate at one point he is your friend like he is not just the fucking elevator guy anymore like that was so low. it was so low I was like what the fuck yeah
0: and it was petty it was very like teenage girl of him
1: oh my god it was so bad
0: it was so bad and I think the reason that this whole thing feels so out of character is because This show was built on the backbone of coming together after a truck versus squad conflict like this. Mm -hmm. Like the the whole show is based on that.
1: Well, and it gets to it at the end, but I think the problem with the storyline is that, and again, I didn't get to watch all of it, but this storyline starts in 3.17. That was the episode I watched today. So it went on for six episodes It was bad. Seven episodes, seven episodes, like that's a long time. So I think at that point, it just felt like, okay, like when is this going to end already? And like at this point, like, I mean, I like the way that it ends. I'm glad, you know, I like the way that it comes together at the end, but like, it was just like, okay, this is enough. Like enough is enough.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was so forced because, again, the whole show is built on this premise of like mending the rift that had gone through Truck and Squad. So it just felt like we were going backwards and like nobody was growing and going forwards. We were just in a circle of unnecessary drama.
1: Yeah. And for what? Somebody we didn't care about? Like, I mean, again, it's hard for me to put it in context because like I watched, I binge watched it. So like I just kind of plowed through all these episodes, but like I don't remember, like nobody cares about Scott Rice. Like, you know, like we care about these other characters and so we don't like to see them fight. Like what? Like, you know, all for what? Scott Rice? Like, no. Not worth why? It. Not worth it. Why? Yeah.
0: Mm-mm. No. So then they get back from the call and Otis has this like he, well, he thinks is a symbolic moment, but really it's just kind of childish in my opinion. They get back and Otis and the rest of truck decide to go sit at the squad table. That is so disrespectful. But also, like, they feel like they're being disrespected by squad. So, like, it makes sense. But that's some, like, Berzic level passive-aggressive shit.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily being disrespectful. I do think it is a little petty. Like, I I understand what Otis's point, right? Was, like, they felt like they were being disrespected. So, like, they were going to do something in theory that was disrespectful. I don't think there's anything, like, I don't consider them... In my eyes sitting at the squad cable is not disrespectful, but I see why squad thinks it's disrespectful. Um, But I just think it's petty. Like I get it. You're mad at them for being mad at you. Like you're over the tension. Like I got it, but like, don't stoop to their level. Like if they're going to be petty, then why are you being petty? You know, like, I don't know. On the flip side of that. I
0: mean, again, seven seasons later, I see in hindsight, I'm like, listen, Otis was not being listened to. And that would drive me fucking crazy. If you're like screaming in the middle of a crowded room and nobody's listening to what you have to say, like, yeah, that would drive me fucking crazy.
1: But the thing is everyone is, I mean, well, everyone on truck is listening to him squad. Isn't. And yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, cause everyone else agrees that like, I mean, I don't know if necessarily everyone believes that rice is a ducker, but like everyone else can see. I mean, Casey even says that like rice is a problem in the house. Mm -hmm. like so everyone on truck is on otis's side
0: yeah like i mean like
1: i think it's just more that like he's yelling it and people believe him but like nothing still really happened. so like if if so many people believe otis and why hasn't anything happened to rice why is he still there yeah yep absolutely
0: so casey is like guys this is awkward like can you stop it please and Otis just says, I thought this was Firehouse 51, not the kingdom of Squad 3. Okay. <laughs> and so Severite is just like, fuck this shit. We got to go get gas. Like, let's go. Uh, and so then Bowden is talking to Donna. Donna. We got a Donna sighting in this episode. I know. I love it. And he's really beating himself up over it. He's just like, you know, he vents to Donna and he's like, there's all this animosity. Like we can't have animosity in the house, but what do I tell them? Like, do I tell them to stop acting like babies? Do I give it another speech about togetherness? Like and then he just said, he's like, I'm beginning to wonder if I can still leave the house.
1: Yes, you can. Yes, yes you can. Yes, you can.
0: Oh. So then they're leaving shift and Casey and Severide, Severide basically confronts Casey like on the apparatus floor about how long Chuck is gonna keep it up and we'll just let this play. How long is Chuck gonna keep this up? I don't have time for this right now. Yeah, make time. I don't mind catching flack and I don't mind confrontation. What I do mind is a bunch of guys making false accusations and trying to railroad one of my men out of here. One of your old friends. You mean? That has nothing to do with it. That this. has everything to do with this. You're blind, because of your friendship with this guy. Okay. You're looking the other way and letting him skate. I'm not blind, Casey. I'm just not gonna go pissing on a firefighter who's proven himself. Did you even check his story? No, I didn't check his story. I take him at his word. There it is, right there. Gospel according to Severi. You know what, honestly, go screw yourself. I'm sick of it. Maybe you ought to listen to the guy who took you in when you were on your ass. Yeah,
1: I like that guy a whole lot better when he wasn't a sanctimonious prick. Damn.
0: i'm just more impressed like seven seasons later i'm just like damn sanctimonious is a big ass word for severide
1: (laughs) i was my whole thing was just like i don't like it when mommy and daddy fight like i don't i hated watching this i like because it doesn't feel like again we look at this right with the fact that we have seven this is seven years ago like looking at it through different eyes it just to see how far they've come like, they would never go like this now. Like, they would never act like this now. Like, even when they disagree in these most recent seasons, like, they don't act like this. And it's just, no. like, to see how just childish and immature they both were being about the whole thing. It's just, like, really? Like, yes. this is how this is how we're going to, like, handle the situation. And you would
0: think they would know better, especially especially since the last time there was a truck and squad rift. Somebody died because of it.
1: Well, after someone died
0: well, after the fact, yeah, just yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, but still
0: the fact that lives are at stake that like Otis could have been killed right then and there, yeah, because Severed and Rice had an agenda and didn't want to listen, yeah, like that's just I would
1: like to think that like we're all adults and like we kind of know better, right? Yeah, it's just better. neither one of them like they're both right. They're both wrong. Like neither one of them had, but neither one of them approached it in the best way. And it's just like, yeah, they both approached it like children. Yes. That's what I'm saying. It's like, I just Casey and Severide of today would never, they would never No. I mean, especially I, I feel like in Casey's absence now, like
0: part, there's a part of Severide that feels like he has to like step up even more and kind of like be the big boy. So, yeah, there's no way. Severide would never let that happen now. He would run a super tight ship. And even if Gallo
1: did something like that, he would read him the right act. Yeah, but even, I'm just even, like, even, like, say, last season when Casey was still around, like, even if they get into a disagreement over a call or whatever, like, they would never hash it out like this. Like, yeah, they would argue, and sure, maybe they don't talk to each other, whatever, or, like, lay it out in the way they should, but they would never... Of a fight like this on the apparatus like they would never handle it like this anymore
0: right no no way no way nope uh so then Severide actually goes down to the cfd shop and he asks about the regulator that rice brought in but the guy tells him that there was never one brought in so i do love that even though they had to hash it out like that casey made the friend move and laid it out for him cold and was just like you are blinded because you are friends with this guy And there was a part of Severide that was like, you know what? Like, I actually, Casey might've had a point. I like, I owe him that to kind of like explore that and make sure that that is true or false, right? And he did. Yeah. Um, Just BFFL, best friends for life. (laughs) Like, yeah. So then the next shift, Severide confronts Rice about it in Bowdoin's office. And he's like super direct about it. So Rice tries to lie and then Severide just pretty much is like, stop it. You're fired. Bye. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. And then he just gives the whole speech about like, but my son, but Logan. Blah. And Severide's just like, yeah, everybody has families. So like, stop. Bye. Leave.
1: No. Yeah. Later. Like you could have avoided all of this. If, if you had just admitted you weren't ready. Like nobody rushed you back into being a firefighter. Like you could have taken more time, but like you're not ready and that's okay. But like, you can't do the job then. So what was that? Nope. So Bowdoin calls everybody into the common room after
0: this and assembles them. And this is kind of, this is really interesting how this progresses. So he's like, so Scott Rice just got fired, but it's cool. Cause Cruz just finished his squad certification. And Cruz is just kind of like, I was, what, what you knew about that? Like, oh fuck! And just like that, Boden's like, welcome to squad,
1: and Joe's like, but I, yeah, but that's how Joe comes to squad. I again, I forgot that that's how this happened. Like, I knew it was like early season four. I thought it was early season four, but like, I forgot that that this is all how it went down. Yeah, so quickly. And then like Joe doesn't even have a chance to like
0: get his bearings because the bells go off like five seconds later. Like you want to talk about like a quick transition. My God.
1: Yeah. Well, and of course, Otis is pissed because Otis and Cruz are, of course, BFFs and, you know, he didn't know. So like he's pissed at Cruz and the fact that just Cruz is up and leaving him for squad because of the whole truck versus squad tension. And it's just, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So 51 gets called to this massive warehouse fire. I forgot that this call was in this
1: episode. This is one of my favorites of like all time. I literally forgot this call existed. Not even that it was in this episode. I forgot this call existed completely, completely forgot about it. Okay. So like huge warehouse fire, huge.
0: And it's like right on the river. So, uh, Squad gets there and the two firehouses are like, hey, we're missing two people. And so Bowdoin's like, go do your thing, Severide, like go be an Avenger. Uh, And Squad goes in, Severide stays behind to go after the two civilians that are missing. So there's two firefighters and there's two civilians. And so Squad goes after the firefighters, Sev stays to go after the civilians. So Gabby also goes in after the civilians through the window when her tank runs out of air, which also is kind of a full circle moment. Because you remember when she uh, got her firefighter certification thing and uh, Herman started being really sexist. And she was like, well, what if you need a woman to get into a small space? Yeah, there you go. That just happened. Uh, so her tank, she goes after the civilians. Her tank runs out of air. Uh, so she's out. Bowden has this like come to Jesus moment with everybody. He's like, stop it. He's like whatever is about to happen in like the next couple minutes you're not going in there you are not to go in there you were to stay the fuck outside and then he had like that weird rally cry where he's like this is not a democracy i am in charge yeah
1: which i was like hell yeah Boden. You di-. i was like yeah this is Sparta." <laughs>
0: like yeah um, and then he just grabs the two tanks and is like bye yeah he's such a good leader oh he's so good So good. So then Gabby's trying to pull this guy out and Severide finds her. And he's like, what the hell are you doing? And so he's like, no, like this guy's dead. You've got to leave him. Like you just got to leave him. Like you tried your best. You got to leave him. And so there's an incident commander from another firehouse who's running the scene. And at this point he's like, okay, we just need to put the jets on him. Like have the fireboat do its thing. Put the water on it. Let's just like smoke it out. And Cruz is like, are you kidding me? Cause you're going to cook them alive. Which like now after the mattress factory fire, I know exactly why you don't put water on the fire. when There's people inside. See, once yeah. Chicago is educational, you learn things, <laughs> you learn things. And so Cruz is like, don't you fucking dare. Cruz gets up in this guy's face. He's been on squad for five seconds. And he's like, don't you dare. I will kick your ass. I'm holding the halligan like in your face. Don't you even make that call. I will cut you. And Tony and Cruz are the ones who have to hold him back. And so meanwhile, while they're inside, I mean, Severed and Gabby are like trying to improvise, right? Like, so Sev's out of air. Gabby's out of air. Gabby's like, okay, well, we can get some air off the hose. And so they do that. And then the incident commander like orders the hoses to turn off and everything. So we see that happen. The hoses go off. And like Severed and Gabby have this moment. This is like one of my favorite favorite one Chicago moments ever and I don't really well maybe I know why maybe I don't know why I don't know so they have this like it's like this overhead shot of Severide and Gabby they're on their sides and Gabby just like barely squeaks out and I'm sorry and Severide doesn't do anything he doesn't like get mad at her he doesn't say anything all he does is just like grab her and pull her close I
1: literally forgot. I didn't even remember this existed. And so la- yesterday, when I was rewatching this episode, I l- actually started crying. I, I this choked me up so much. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. I don't know, like and I don't even really know why. I mean, I guess it was because like, here are these two characters that you think for a second, like may die. And just to see them put aside, like, cause obviously Gabby was on team truck. Severide was obviously on team squad. And like mm-hmm. to see them put that aside for this moment. And I was just like, holy shit. And like, you know, when they thought they were going to die, I was just like, holy shit. And then to think about too, obviously this is the end of season three, right? Like all the shit they went through this season with after Shay's death and to see where they went, you know, in seasons four five and six with everything they just, you know, their friendship goes through. And it's just like, I was thinking about all that. And I was just, I was just crying. Like I was just like full on. I was like,
0: oh my God. It's a very sweet moment. It's a, it's just a very, very sweet moment. And just like the, you just get the vibe of like, seven pulls are close. And it's the kind of thing of just like, I know we've been fighting, but I love you. And if we're going to die, we're going to die together. We're not going to yeah. die alone. I was just in tears. I, the whole thing. I was just in tears. I was yeah. like, oh my God. I've always, always loved, love, love, love the Gabby and Severi dynamic. Just because it was, it was always just this kind of like unspoken thing where Kelly was like, okay, you are my best friend's girl. Like you're in love with my best friend. That's cool. I'm not ever going to let anything happen to you. Like I'm going to keep you safe because you are my best friend's girl and you're in love with him.
1: And they just like, well, you are also my best friend's best friend. You are yeah. my person's best friend.
0: Yeah. Like you're special to me because you're special to people who are special to, yeah like yeah exactly you're special to me because you were special to Shay and like you're special to Casey um and and they just like embrace each other with open arms because of that because they knew they shared Casey and Shay
1: yeah and they thought they were gonna die
0: yeah but it, it was just a very it's a very very sweet moment and like I can't really put my finger on why every time I see it I'm just like
1: like I but, said, I didn't even remember this was a thing, like at all. I did not remember this at all, and so when yeah. I saw this, I completely it was unexpected. I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, I, that's it was why very emotional.
0: You remember when the stuff with what was her name? Was it Brea?
1: Bria yes I actually just rewatched some of those episodes too I've been like very much in the mood I like really want to go back and rewatch the whole thing but ain't nobody I don't have time to rewatch nine seasons or 10 seasons by the time like I don't
0: have time for that yeah, like, when the Bria stuff went down and Casey was getting all pissy, I, I I, didn't understand it. I was like, why are you getting mad? Like, she's with Severide. He's not going to let anything happen
1: to her. Like, No, she's totally but safe. Uh, I rewatched that. And, like, uh, I rewatched some of it. it mm, I, I think Casey had a fright. But anyway, that's a different discussion for a different day. Yeah, 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 totally. But uh, <laughs> they
0: just have that really sweet moment. That's a gift that I can watch, like, over and over. It's just very sweet. And so then... um. The chief like calls off the hoses and they just kind of sit there and like wait to die. It's so sad. Uh, And then Bowdoin comes like barreling through the doors and like finds them and saves his people because of course, because of course it's a very wonderful Chicago fire moment.
1: I was just like, hell yeah. But like when they like all come out at the very end and I was just like, hell yeah. I was like, Bowden. I was just like, yeah. Yeah. Like like you all knew it. Like I knew it, of course.
0: But like, it's just like, yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And the the fact that like, I feel like the adrenaline kicked in for him and he was just like, I'm not leaving until I have Gabby and Severide with me. So. Yeah, they're not this, dying
1: on my watch. Not yeah. Today. And he's
0: like, this fire just needs to get out of my way. Yeah. So I also, I loved the Gabby and Severide. I loved all the hugs when they got out too. Like there were just even little ones. Like Gabby and Severide. of course, had a great hug. But then like the way Chili just like like grabbed Bowdoin and hugged him, it's like the one good Chili moment we ever got in Chicago Fire.
1: Yeah, and it was just really nice. Cause like I said, or, like we said earlier, like obviously this whole arc had kind of dragged on for a little bit and it was just nice to see it. Like everyone come to get, you know, like the pettiness aside of the whole war that had been going on like when it mattered they came together and like they are still a family and it was just it was I I, was very emotional I was very emotional
0: yeah that that is the Chicago fire we know and love like that's the point where I think everybody took the breath and was like fucking finally yeah well thank god (laughs) oh god okay so then we get back to 51 and Chief Tyberg is there and Chief Tyberg is like well somebody told me to shove it like who was it I need to know
1: and no it wasn't him it was he was asking about who shoved the guy oh um, yeah yeah yeah. it wasn't him but yeah so Cruz is about to step up and instead Otis steps up and
0: then they all are like nope I did it I did it I did it whatever and so he's like well you know I'm gonna find out and Bowdoin just says maybe but why the hell would you want to and yeah. the guy goes before he walks away he just goes oh, firehouse 51. That's that's our life in a nutshell. Firehouse yeah. fifty one, <laughs> one Chicago. They're killing me. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, Chili pulls Brett aside, and she's like, "Oh my god, a call like that, like all that intensity. Somebody's hooking up tonight." And Brett's just kind of like, "Huh? What?" Totally awkward scene. it's so
1: random
0: oh it's so random like unnecessary random so
1: bizarre like i kind of again i things i forgot about because it's been a while since i've watched any of these i i guess i just thought that it was more of a deal that it was like talked about more throughout the episode that like she wanted maybe brett wanted to get back out there or whatever like i kind of forgot about that and then but like no it was a i don't i don't
0: even know So then we cut to a scene that I'm still not sure, like, I'm still not sure if I actually saw that with my own eyes or if it was a fever dream. But you definitely, unfortunately, saw it with your own eyes. (gasps) Fred and Roman, hook up!
1: (sighs) Can we
0: we take the Friends clip of Phoebe going, my eyes! (laughs)
1: Yes. (sighs) Oh, man. I know. Okay, should we talk about it here or should we just finish this real quick and then talk about? Let's just talk about it. Okay. So Megan, one of our listeners, Megan R, actually is the one who suggested we do this episode. And when she suggested it, she had sent us this post-mortem from the Hollywood Reporter that Matt Olmsted did back when this episode aired. And a lot of it is about the idea, you know, like the sever or the brett and roman stuff and like why now like why that pairing why now you know all that stuff and like one of the things so the question is one of the first questions is is like you know when did the idea come about to put these two together and they were like you know at the very end of the whole thing it's like the possibility of the chemistry just really jumped out at us and so that's where we wanted to go and i was just like what chemistry what chemistry chemistry? (laughs) there was no chemistry i'm just
0: And also still, to this day, cracks me up that they had Brian Garrity, like 40-something-year-old Brian Garrity, playing like a 25-year-old. Yeah. Just to this day makes me laugh so hard because, like, especially in those scenes where Roman walks in and they're, like, hooking up and everything, Roman does not look 25. (laughs)
1: well and so it's so funny because so then the next question is like well why did these two gravitate towards each other and they and it says you know with brett we wrote that severide when he was just starting to spin out a little bit kind of reflexively reflexively it went over to her and asked her to go to vegas she's just not that kind of girl so she's a little cautious when it comes to dating having just gotten out of a long-term relationship as evidenced by her dating crew she just wants a good guy blah 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 blah. and it says with roman we've established that he really likes being in uniform doesn't like to play the politics of intelligence and there so they're both liberated at the moment. I think they both appreciate a good person as opposed to just looking for the hay. There's just something about what these actors bring to these roles that made it conducive to this relationship. I was like, "What? What are you? What show are you watching?" Yeah, I just and they they really thought they were gonna go there. They thought this was gonna be like the what Brett and Antonio was yeah. ultimately like a season later, and then obviously they never. I don't know why. Of course, they never went there. It'd be interesting to ask Derek why they never really went there. Um, but yeah, they never go there. But they do also mention later on that they thought they were going to maybe do Severide and Brett later on in the in season three. Mm-hmm. And they obviously decide against it because, you know, it would make Cruz look bad, you know, like look in terms of being like, oh, you know, just the bridesmaid once again, um, which I think is interesting.
0: It's a fair point, but also it would have, it would have made the circle of Severide even worse.
1: You know, what's interesting though, I think about this and it's weird to think about it now because obviously we got Stellaride and then we have C and, you know, whatever. But like, if I try to think about it, like in terms of season three and like obviously having never met Stella and, you know, we didn't realize that Gabby was going to leave and we thought Dossie was forever, that like, I don't know, I maybe could have been, into a severide and sylvie like back then i
0: i think severide would have hurt her i like she it's sylvie right like she she would have been all in and severide would have seen it as a one night stand and he would have hurt her
1: Uh, right and i think they would have had a i think it would have been obviously a very on and off like you know maybe they try it and then they don't you know it doesn't work out then but like then they would revisit it later like i don't think it works out obviously of course from the beginning but just thinking about it in terms of like them saying well we thought we were gonna go there like i was just thinking about it's like you know what it wouldn't have been the worst couple they throw together in the world i obviously would have rather have had severed and brett over sylvie and roman so like I I look
0: at Severide and Brett the same way I do Lucas and Haley. Like I'm glad they never went there. I'm I
1: glad. think those I don't know. I think those are two different things. But I don't know. Like I I'm ultimately glad that things happened for a reason. I'm glad you know we got what we got. Like I much rather have Stellaride. I'd much rather have Brett Seed. Like I'm very happy with the way things are. It just is interesting to think about. Like yeah, I don't think I would have hated it if they had gone there.
0: Interesting. I, I I'm hmm. I think I would have though I would have been pissed I'd be like why does Severide have to sleep with every female he sees
1: yeah I mean I don't know I think it, I don't know I yeah I think it would I mean there's just so many different ways on it could have gone I think it would have been interesting but hmm. I don't hmm. think I would have hated it
0: hmm. but yeah this was just
1: wild this whole thing was wild
0: and and the fact that they were they were going to try and make them a thing too also completely wild
1: yeah just- I mean I'm glad then they waited a season and gave us Brett and Antonio much better I mean it's still that was still a hot mess looking back on it but like much better chemistry just much better everything everything than Fred and Roman
0: and then it's like after the Brett and Roman hookup, I feel like Brett and Roman share share the scenes or share the screen maybe like two more times, one of them being when Roman came back in that I crossover. Don't
1: even think, until this moment, had they ever shared a scene? No. I don't think so. Maybe no. in like a crossover once, maybe. Oh
0: my god. And and just they yeah, and, and both times Sylvie's just like It's really good to see you. I'm like, you had sex once and all of a sudden you have this deep emotional connection
1: with the guy. Yeah. It still kills me that like, they have this, that connection when he comes back, like, you know, and looking for a sister. And I was like, oh, for what? Like, I don't understand why you're so worked up over this. Like, I don't understand you. Like you said, you had sex with the guy one time. But still that's Sylvie. And that's exactly why Severide would have hurt her. Yeah
0: but also like he's not worth it no no is not worth it not, at all. no nope, no no it's just
1: oh i'm glad i mean obviously i would have rather have never seen it but i'm glad if we had to see it it was only once and it didn't turn into a mainstay couple <laughs> thank god for that yeah yeah yep
0: so uh One of our listeners, Megan, she's the one who had sent this, this, um, she just had some different thoughts here. And she just said, cruise making squad was an awesome accomplishment, but it just came straight out of left field. I would have liked to have seen something where he took a class or was practicing his skills just to show that he has interest in it. Uh, she said they did it with Mills and I hope they're revisiting it with Gallo at some point later. Why couldn't they do it with Joe? I do hope they revisit it with
1: Gallo. That Gallo is meant to be on squad. Yeah. More than Mills ever was. Oh yeah. Oh Yeah. yeah no for sure and why they couldn't do with joe i mean i think that's i mean i think a they just it was for story purposes like they didn't they were they had so much going on because also too. remember in the middle of this whole arc they also introduced med like they have the med backdoor pilot so yeah. like they just have a lot going on and i don't i don't think it would have worked but also too i think it kind of works for this sto- you know the element of surprise works for this particular storyline so
0: Yeah, I just, I love the little soundbite that Megan included here. She goes, why did they have Sylvie hook up with Roman of all people? There were other options right there. And then in parentheses, she says, Atwater, Will, a random dude. (laughs) Yeah. I do remember the scoop dropping before this finale that they said, uh, I I just remember the vague scoop being like, two characters from different shows are going to hook up and it's going to be really surprising. Mm -hmm. Cut to Twitter speculating, and at a certain point we got to the place where we were like Gabby and Kevin. And then like we stopped Gabby and, we were and like, Kevin. Yeah, it was one we were speculating just as much as we possibly could. And then we got to the point where we were like Gabby and Kevin and we stopped and we were like,
1: <laughs> that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Gabby just, and Kevin. Wow. That is a
0: a stretch.
1: That is a yeah.
0: Oh yeah. And then we were trying to come up with ship names and we were like, Daw water.
1: <laughs> nah,
0: no, no, no.
1: Oh, it was no, a mess. Yeah, yeah. no.
0: Early, so. early, early. Chicago Fire Twitter was was a very, very funny place.
1: Interesting.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So. Oh man.
1: Elsewhere, we've got chili. <laughs> this storyline did not need to exist in this episode. It is so random. I mean, it's a continuation of the episode before it. I get it, but like, it's just not needed. It's just
0: not. I just don't even understand the necessity of the invention. <laughs> that too. Just, just put it in the freezer. I don't know. Like I, when she got the prototype back, I was like, "What the hell does thing do again?" Like, I don't even remember.
1: Uh, yeah, just, just, just take it away. So we have this little chili storyline So basically chili has this or it's her dad's idea to have like a cold champagne bottle like a champagne bottle that like you don't obviously have to stick in a bucket of ice or something like it just stays cold so herman of course is like "Ooh, business idea and says he's gonna work with chili on this so basically this whole storyline for this episode specifically starts chili gets the package at the firehouse it's the sample of her chilled champagne idea and it works so Herman, of course, in his, like, the way his business mind works, he's like, the next step, we got to get a celebrity spokesperson. And then we don't even see how they come up with this idea. Like, they just come up with this idea to, like, after shift, hang out in this lobby. I guess it's a hotel. Mm-hmm. Unclear, but I guess it's a hotel. And they see Scotty Pippen heading towards the elevator. I forgot Scotty Pippen was in this
0: episode. I think this whole storyline was just the opportunity of like a gratuitous Chicago celebrity cameo. Yeah,
1: but like I saw it so on Peacock, the um, like picture for this episode is a picture of Scottie Pippen, and I was like, "Why is Scottie Pippen?" And I was like, "What is this?" Uh-huh. And then I was like, and then I, wa- I was like, "Oh my god!" I forgot that Scottie Pippen was in an episode of Chicago Fire. Yeah, it blew my mind. I was like, "What?" And so. Scotty Pippen is heading towards the elevator and so they have Otis like stop the elevator and make it seem like it was an accident and Chili of course like opens the door and she's like oh my bad like you know we're working on this right away and then she's like actually let me pitch you my champagne idea while you're here by the way it's so bizarre bad. It's so bad. And then, of course, like
0: in 2022, like deliberately stopping an elevator and doing that kind of shit would get you arrested.
1: It's just it's so bad. And so she, of course, like comes back out to Herman and Otis and she's like, Scotty's in. And I'm like, what? What? (laughs) What? I don't understand. It's so weird. It's so weird. So then we don't hear anything else about it until like the end of the episode and like at molly's there's like a commercial playing for like a champagne idea that's basically the same thing as chili's and she is like so sad she's like crying there at molly's and herman has to like cheer her up and he's like you know he's like kid i see something in you you got passion you got grit you got desire she he's just like we just need to find an idea that nobody's gonna copy and i'm like And that's just the end like that's how it ends and I'm like And we never revisit it again No and then Chili goes Down the toilet
0: Oh yeah Um, I'm trying To figure out if this is like An actual
1: thing pre-chilled champagne Let's see I'm sure someone's come up with it In real life
0: I. It's just It just doesn't feel like necessary I don't see any bottles with like the fucking Like pencil thing on them what is this i'm very sweary tonight i'm sorry uh, stainless steel wine and champagne bottle chiller but that's like the it's a cylinder and then you stick the wine or the champagne in Right. like all that little cartridge on the side is gonna do is mark up the price like it just seems very not necessary but it also seems something that herman would absolutely absolutely be into but like they tried to, they tried to like started sort of like sort of really not relationship relationship but like a very like a mentorship almost between chili and herman and like it had potential but we never went back to it
1: yeah because chili went down the toilet as a character oh yeah yeah they they did her dirty i she sucked oh my god the worst she really sucked the worst
0: yeah no i'm, I'm with you on that just it just yeah, such like a like boring character she just yeah yeah so like this finale is like it's good but it's also
1: bad there are parts of it that are good there are parts of it that are just face palm <laughs> just, it's just yeah. yeah like i said i literally forgot like half of this finale anyway so i'm glad we went back and rewatched it but like oh man what a mess right what a time yeah what a time to be alive (laughs)
0: oh 2015
1: yep yeah crazy
0: so that's about all we've got today i'm now scrolling the internet mindlessly for like pre-chilled champagne i wonder whose idea was that in in the writer's room and like if it doesn't exist why hasn't nobody like pursued it right i I
1: mean just like i was trying to figure out you know i was trying to google it too and i can't find anything i get, yeah. i figured it would have existed by now but i guess i don't know yeah
0: same um raspberry sparkle teeny flavored sparkling wine champagne um, what the hell it's 299 which means it probably tastes like it's 299 i hear that and i just think like horrible splitting headache yeah yeah ooh that's a really interestingly shaped bottle um Google man. So that's about all we've got for this week guys. Uh, As always, you know where to find us Facebook, Facebook words, Facebook, 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 Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr. Uh, It's me. at Molly's right across the board. Email us anytime about anything. Seriously, guys, anytime about anything. Meet us at mollies at gmail.com. It is some crazy ass times in the world. If you need somebody to talk to, we got you. We got you. We are a family on this podcast. Okay. Family. So absolutely reach out to us anytime. Um, I don't know why I'm still scrolling, looking at wines, like <laughs> whatever. But yeah, if you like the show, which we really hope you do because you made it to the end, um, if you could please leave us a rating and review on our Patreon, no, not Patreon. On I, I just blanked on what I was going to say. Oh my God. On uh, iTunes. There we go. Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast, If you could leave us a rating and review, that would be great. I can't believe I just blanked. Oh my goodness. Uh yeah, so next week we are we already agreed on what episode we're gonna do, right? Like we've confirmed that. Okay. So next week we're gonna make each other cry because we like to suffer. And we are going to cover Chicago PD season three, episode 17. Something about breadcrumbs. Um
1: 40 caliber breadcrumbs.
0: 40 caliber breadcrumbs. This is the one when like Jay's working at the marijuana dispensary and like the guy he's working with dies. It's a scary. very painful Jay episode. Uh, it's one of my favorite episodes of all time I'm no, I am so I know. excited, and like charisma carpenters in it and then we get Jay in a military uniform oh man I still can't believe we've never
1: covered that episode but we haven't
0: well because it is one of your favorites but it hurts me
1: like <laughs> I love that episode so much
0: oh yeah no it's 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 crazy I I'm probably in a way better headspace to watch this seven years later than I was when it aired but oh man that's a doozy Um, If you're a patron, you're going to hear from us a couple more times. So you're going to hear from us this week. We've got a bonus episode coming your way. And then next week, we're having a patron happy hour. You guys, if you want in on this, you just got to go to the link in our socials to our Patreon page.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then just lots of other fun stuff kind of heading down the tubes in the next couple weeks. So you guys stay tuned. So
0: many fun things that we cannot tell you about and it's killing us.
1: Yeah. But we're really excited and you'll find out very soon.
0: Yeah. You will find out very soon. You're going (laughs) to love it. We're loving it. We just wish we could talk to you about it, but just stay tuned tuned for sure. So yeah. In the meantime, everybody have a good weekend. Um, don't forget to check your kitchens for dead strippers (laughs) And (laughs) and we'll see you next week. Bye.